And we are live. Tuesday night, Christmas week, <laughs> all in on high school sports. Kurt Valenti, Jennifer Valenti, how are you? I'm well. Good evening, everyone. Um, hope everybody's getting ready for Christmas this year. Um, little weird Christmas year, but uh, again, it's Christmas. And um, have you been naughty or nice? <laughs> I've been a little of both. You've been a little of both. Okay. Um, I've been Hopefully very... more nice than naughty. I've been very nice, and I uh, hope there's a couple gifts laying around this house somewhere. But uh, otherwise, um, tell us what we got in store tonight for a little high school sports. You've been naughty, too. I'm just going to throw that yeah, one in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, by the way, I hope everyone who's been following us and watching our show likes our nice little... Um, Christmas display on our screen tonight. Yep, yep, we got some some stuff going on in the festive festivities, joining the festivities, getting the holiday spirit. Um, so what we got going on tonight? Tonight we have two very special guests. We are going to be joined by Coach Joe Romeo, who is the Lodi High School girls basketball coach, and we will also be joined by CrossFit trainer Amy Adavinia. Um, just a little sidebar as well as we always like to mention, if there's a high school athlete that you would like to see highlighted on our show, we would love to get them the notoriety that they deserve. So please reach out to us on many of our social media platforms, which are listed on the screen and running through the scroll bar. And I-95 Sports is... Yes. Uh, can and will stream live high school games. So if that's something that anyone is interested in, again, we can put you in touch with Especially um, since, um, you know, with... Indoor sports. Indoor sports mm -hmm. with an audience if there's going to be crowds. Right. If not, so it would be something great. If anyone's looking to right. do anything like that, please reach out and we'll Might. get in touch with the I-95 guys. Might be a little more pertinent this season than it was in yes. the fall. By the way, we are broadcast live tonight on the I-95 I Sports Network on Facebook, on YouTube, and uh, Periscope slash Twitter. Coach Breslin saying happy holidays. Merry Christmas to both of you. Same to you, Coach. Merry Thank Christmas you. to you too, Coach Breslin. Um spectacular guest a couple weeks yes, ago but absolutely. i think we're gonna have two great guests tonight we certainly you know are. we're gonna have two great guests tonight so um we have coach romeo let's bring ready him in. to go let's so bring coach romeo allow in me to bring him in absolutely we'll give him a second to to join us and get situated by the way happy uh, i know this is something for you happy nba opening night yes well it's not exciting. opening night for me tomorrow night's opening night right. for me yeah the start of the season is is upon us, though. Okay, NBA absolutely. Um, and again, we want to thank Coach Breslin for uh, always joining in on our show and being a guest. And, um, you know. I'm not sure um, why Coach, I see him as a, oh, there we go. Might just be lagging a little bit. Hi, okay. Coach. Hey, Coach, how you doing? There he is. <laughs> coach Romeo, how are you, my friend? Good, sir. How are you? All right. You want Hi, to give Coach. a little introduction? Um, yes, let me, let me introduce you to our audience. Welcome, Coach Joe Romeo, coach of the Lodi High School girls basketball team since the 2015-2016 season. So 2021 will mark his sixth season as head coach with two years of assistant coaching um, at Lodi prior to that. They compete in the NJIC Colonial Division, if I'm not mistaken, and Coach Romeo himself was a three-sport athlete at Lodi High School. So welcome to the show, Coach. It's very nice to have you. Thank you for having me, guys. Um, you're getting your first hello tonight, Coach, from an Elizabeth. I don't want to say the name wrong. It's an Elizabeth T. saying, oh, my God, yes, Romeo. So That's actually one of our new players for this year. She's coming up for the first time. Oh, awesome. I love it. That's awesome. awesome. 
<laughs> and that's all. Hey, right on social media. You got to love it. Absolutely got to love it. But uh, I got to go off script right out of the gate with, uh, I do this all the time, Joe. But um, I just want to give a little background of how I know Coach Romeo. Okay. Way back when. All right. Coaching Little League, Garfield Little League, Giordano's, my, me, my brother Ryan, one of my good friends, Anthony Friedis. We're on a team, Giordano's, we're coaching, and we had to draft players. So I just remember seeing this little lefty, <laughs> nine years old, and I remember saying, and I'm going to take credit for this, saying, <laughs> I want this kid. I, I want to draft him. But we drafted low because we were pretty good. So we, five teams, and I was like, we're not going to get him. Somebody's going to take him. And he didn't get drafted. He didn't get drafted. And the first thing was like, bang, I'm getting it in. But as a nine-year-old, I just want to say something about him, Jen, and I'm going to be honest. Right away, he played as a nine-year-old. He played first. He pitched, but we made him an outfielder because a lot of times, Little League, we don't outfielders can't catch a fly ball. I mean, 12-year-old. This kid as a nine-year-old, we put him out there, caught everything. And, I, and one thing about him, and I'm going to be honest, it's probably why he's become a great coach is, and I don't know if you remember this, Joe, but like every day after practice, he would be like, now practice is done. Hit me more fly balls. Hit me oh, more fly nice, balls. Nice. Hit him higher. Hit him harder. You know, it was like, I'm telling you. And the kid was a tremendous player. We'll get into his career. But I remember that like it was yesterday. It was a pleasure <laughs> coaching you. So uh, we go back a long time, Joe. Yes, sir. Those are the good days. The good I even remember the days went back at uh, rec basketball. And with rec the basketball, too. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Great times. Great times. But Wait, did, did Coach Romeo, did you play on the Toros or no? No, I've no, seen, he wasn't on the I've Toros. Seen, I've seen some films. No, he, no, I, I show her some films, Joe. They're not good. They're not good. Way back when, they're not good. I don't know how long I would be able to last today. I'd be getting thrown out. But um, all right, here's the thing. So, Coach, going back into like in the past, you were you were the quarterback on the state championship winning team at Lodi. So obviously you have that Lodi tradition. How do you transfer that tradition from when you played, you won a state title, into your uh, girls' basketball program? Well, the one the one good thing about us, the team that we had, now originally, obviously, I was from Garfield growing up, and I transferred to Lodi sophomore year in high school. So besides myself and one other player, Jose Marty, every other kid on that team grew up and went through their junior program together. So they've played for, I want to say, six, seven, eight years together and have built that program and that team to what it was for that many years. So to be an addition, myself and, and Jose Marty, to be an addition to that um, only only helped it even more than, than how good they really were. So <clears throat> what we did as a team and what we did each and every day was come out and work our butts off at practice, showed up early, left late, made sure we got extra reps in. But when we were out on that field, we made sure we left everything we had, whether it was a practice, a walkthrough, uh, it could have been preseason workout, it could have been a captain's practice, no matter what it was, we took that as if it was a game. We took every ounce of energy we had and made sure we poured it into that practice. The reason why is because we knew that in order for us to succeed that year, we knew we had to work harder than we did the previous year. And that was, that was one of our biggest goals because we ended up getting uh, smacked pretty good in the playoffs first round against West Essex the year before as the number eight seed. 
And we knew that that left a, left a really bad taste in our mouth. And, and we knew that we wanted to get past that point and, and not have that feeling again. So having virtually the entire team returning from the previous year, and I believe we had about 17 seniors on the team, being a senior heavy team with the experience that we had, and obviously experience is something that every coach looks for. Um, we knew that we had a very good shot at getting back to where we were, if not being in a better spot than before. And we knew that we had to push each other. We had to work our, our tails off and we were able to do that. And that's why that's one, one of the big reasons why we were as good as we were was because we pushed each other past our limits. We never got comfortable. We never, <clears throat> we never really took it easy in practice, and it was always a competition. And the best thing was is we had so much depth that the competition level was very high in practice, so it pushed us past what we really needed to be. And um, having the experience, having the, the passion that we did, and, and being able to work hard and, and put everything we had into practice – was one of the really big reasons why we were able to do what we did. And now, so when you, I mean, obviously you lived through that. So now do you go back a little bit of that and like now into your coaching? And again, it, you know, you did this at Lodi, you're coaching at Lodi. So going into your basketball program now, do you take a little bit about like a little of that, of what you experienced and kind of push that into your, uh, your girls basketball program? Well, one thing we know, and I know you know this too, Coach, because you've you've done it before too at all levels, we know that two teams are never alike. But we know what it takes to get to that point. So being able to take the experiences that I had, knowing what we had to do, and being able to translate over and onto the basketball court and and feed the girls with certain things that they need in order to succeed, absolutely. Absolutely. Whenever you have a winning team, there's no reason why you shouldn't share the experiences or um, the things that you went through with, with your current teams and, and even former teams and other teams that you may come across. There's no reason why you shouldn't share those things, because if it was a winning formula, then then it could be part of the winning formula currently. Absolutely. Uh, Coach, under normal circumstances, right, you guys would have like a game or two under your belt. You'd probably be preparing, right, for your holiday tournament. Um, but this season obviously looks a little bit different. Um, you know, some of our audience members might not be aware of some of the changes in the dates and how it's affecting the season. Would you maybe elaborate uh, on that a little bit for us? Sure. Originally, the season got pushed to December 3rd, and December 3rd would have been our start date. Um, but because of the rise in cases and everything after the Thanksgiving break or what they were anticipating to be after the th Thanksgiving break, they then decided to push it until after the new year. So <clears throat> like you said, where we would have had two games under our belt and hosting our holiday tournament, which we had some new teams this year. So we were going to have some new faces and uh, things would have been a little different for us anyway. Um, unfortunately, now we have to start January 11th is day one of practices. We are allowed to start virtual workouts now. That actually just passed this uh, last week, December 14th, started virtual workouts. We're allowed in-person contact with them January 11th, first day. Um, and our first game is going to be January 27th, I believe. 27th is the first game. 
Okay. Nice. Now, I, I, I'm going to go off script for a moment yep. here. Um, Coach, we go off script all the time. So, <laughs> yeah, we work on an agenda and it's done in about two minutes. So. The, um, <laughs> the, I'm just curious about, you know, the virtual workouts. You know, um, I know that, you know, that happened to coaches, obviously, in the fall, getting ready for, you know, in the summer workouts, getting ready for their fall. Um, you know, I just, again, the challenges of each different season, you know, here you are, it's the cold weather, we just had a snowstorm, you know, I'm just curious, are you working on conditioning in those virtual workouts? You're doing ball drills, like what is your, what's your goal or what, what's your game plan with those? Well, the good thing is, is I do coach football in the fall at Indian Hills High School. So I did have some experience with virtual workouts and what we did during those times. Um, but virtual workouts for football are a little different than what we would do for basketball. And the reason why is Going into a basketball season, the biggest uh, hurdle that you have to get over in the beginning of the season is getting the girls up to a, um, a conditioning level, not not necessarily where we should be in game one, but where we want to be maybe a week or two into the season. And we know how quickly that first game pops up. So conditioning is vital to the um, success of the program. So what our plans are, and we're going to be starting virtual workouts on January 4th, we're going to give the girls the holiday and everything. And uh, when we get back that first day, will be January 4th for us. We'll do about seven days of conditioning and it'll be as much conditioning that I can do with them on a zoom workout where they can work and see me. And, you know, there, there's not much we can do as far as, you know, doing suicides and stuff like that, <laughs> but we'll, we'll do stuff that are more that they can do within their basement. Um, a lot of plyometric stuff, a lot of fast pace, um, keep the blood flow and tempo moving and everything like that nice. to try and get their conditioning level up even a fraction of where they are now so that coming January 11th um, we're not working out for the first time or doing any type of conditioning for the first right. time well I, I just totally felt your stress my stress level went up for you like I'm like I gotta get my odd front zone my even yeah. front zone my press break my inbounds and I'm like oh my god he has to condition them like, <laughs> and now you got pushed back even more you know like the time frame I just started to get some heart palpitations for you coach <laughs> So, Coach, hopefully the season starts. And, you know, everyone's hoping it is. Just, you know, football went through. So, say now the season starts. Give us a little preview of your 2020, I'm going to call it 2020-2021 season. Um, Returning players, newcomers, uh, just what you're expecting from the team. So, we did have three girls graduate. Um, One who was a starter almost every game and two that – bounce back and forth between a starter and coming off the bench, first girl, uh, first girl off the bench. So losing them is, you know, it's going to hurt us. Um, not too much, but in this situation, unfortunately it is. And the reason why I say that is because now confirmed of what I have coming back from next year, I have four girls with varsity experience coming back where I should have had about seven. I lost about four or five girls because of COVID they're um, they're going to take the season off and make sure their families stay safe and everything, which we obviously totally understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they happen to change their mind, you know, we're, we welcome them with open arms and, and we'll definitely see them next year. They are young. They're only freshmen, sophomores. So um, we'll see them next year. But uh, of the four girls returning, four of them do have uh, significant varsity experience. Uh, they've been starters before. And we have one girl who, <clears throat> is probably probably one of the best girls I've got to coach so far in in my uh, in my six years that I've been part of the program eight years with, with my volunteer years as well. Um, her name is Destiny Indio. She's actually going to be a junior 
her freshman and sophomore year, she was a first team all league, second team all league uh, recipient. Right now, she's got a total of over 400 points, uh, nearing 600 rebounds. She's got 123 awesome. blocks in her two years. So um, she should be, you know, a vital contributor to, to everything that we got going on. And usually we like to work, especially this year, the offense around her and work her inside. She's actually our center. Um, the other three girls that we have are, are guards. <clears throat> we have a one senior. She's going to be our point guard. Her name's Kashmala Arif. Um, she's got really good ball handling skills and she plays great defense. Uh, her, her biggest issue each and every year is, is her conditioning level and stuff, which we hope to fix that for her senior year and, and, and finish off on, on a great note. And then we have two girls, Jonna Sapway and Isabel Salas, who are two juniors who are probably my best defenders and have been my best defenders for the last couple of years. Um, I usually put them on my best, on their best ball handler and they, they do a pretty good job with shutting them down. Isabel Salas, we're hoping that she's a threat for us outside and, and Jana handles the ball for us um, at the top a little bit too because she uh, she contributes the ball pretty good. Okay. And then a couple of the girls that we have that hopefully will be in the mix depending on you know what we see in preseason. Uh, we have Shania Mercado. She's going to be a girl that's returning after taking a year off. <clears throat> she's uh, she, she brings a football mentality. She's a tough girl. She was a wrestler. Uh, years ago in the rec program and stuff. So she, yeah, she brings a, a, a different type of toughness to the court, which is right. awesome to see. Um, we have Jez Jeevan core. We had her older sister, actually, her name was Suki core. And I had her during my first two years of volunteering, probably, probably one of the best three point shooters that I've seen, you know, in a girl's program, she was tremendous for us. Then we have a girl transferring back from St. Mary's. Her name's Sky Saunders. We're excited to have her, you know, we were upset to, see her leave her freshman year, but we're excited to see her back. Then we have two younger girls, Emily Hanna and Daylin Gonzalez, that hopefully can contribute for us, come off the bench and get some minutes to get some girls some rest. But that's kind of what we're looking at as far as <clears throat> uh, girls to contribute on the varsity level. And, uh, you know, hopefully we get some newcomers that are surprises that can hopefully help us out this year too. Very nice. You kind of touched upon this a little bit as you were talking about your roster. What type of team do you envision being this year? Like defensive pressure, more offensive firepower, a combination of the two? What are you kind of hoping to see from your kids? Well, typically my philosophy, what I love to do is I like to full court press you. I like to put pressure on you um, because for me, watching girls games, watching boys games, co you know, coaching both of them in the past, uh, coaching girls currently and everything um, getting to see how girls react to pressure and guys react to pressure and stuff. I feel, and it, and it happens to us every year, um, you know, cause we kind of get that, we kind of get that jitterbug going when we see pressure in our face and we kind of takes a little, takes a little bit to get used to in the game and stuff. And then we got to accommodate to it and then we start getting our, our game going. So um, putting pressure from the first whistle is usually what I like to do. Um, defensively and I like to play man-to-man -man. I hate to sit back in a zone the only time I'll really sit back in a zone if is if we're really getting beat up inside which the last couple of years we haven't had that because we had uh Indio inside she's really a, deep, a great defensive presence for us the only thing now this year with losing those girls to uh COVID now and not having the depth that I thought I was gonna have everything's going to depend on what those first couple weeks of practices show me. Mm -hmm. So if we have the girls that can come out and, and we can condition really well and we can run and we can really pressure 
and we can get those subs in and make sure we have some depth coming off the bench, then that's something I'm looking forward to doing. Um, but unfortunately, if we don't, then we're going to have to kind of play it, play it a little bit more safe and, and hopefully limit, limit what the other teams can do depending on what their strength is and what we do as far as scouting. Okay, Coach, again, you said you also coach football. Um, you've been a head coach, assistant coach, um, and you've been, obviously, and we said it again, you've been in a great Lodi football program. But um, who were some coaches that have influenced you and that helped you either want to become a coach and not just want, but like maybe even use some of like the philosophies of uh, people who have influenced you? Well, <clears throat> my, one of my favorite coaches of all time is actually uh... – old school Garfield guy. I'm, you know, you know, him, coach Donald Lee mm-hmm. growing up with him. Uh, he was like a second father to me and stuff. And I was best friends with his son. So uh, coach Donald had, you know, major impact on, on what I did athletically and uh, how I, you know, how I did it and why I did it and stuff like that. So um, I'd say he's probably the first person that had that impact on me as far as coaching. Um. And, you know, going through the years, I mean, I've, I've had numerous coaches. I'll, obviously, I'll never forget you. You brought a different intensity to the game, Thank whether you. it was basketball, baseball. So, I, I you know, I, I definitely remember those times. Those were some great times, fun times. Awesome times. Um, <laughs> but I would say one of the coaches that probably helped me the most, especially because um, transferring to Lodi and it being a new place and stuff and – uh, not knowing many people and then working into the quarterback position my senior year. I was a receiver there junior year. They already were established at the quarterback position. Uh, I'd say is Pat Ambrosio. You know, if you're, if you're involved in North Jersey sports and stuff, you've known him in the past. He's coached baseball at Lodi. He's coached uh, football. Uh, he was actually my quarterback coach there. And um, he's probably helped me I'd say on and off the field, it was never just about the X's and O's with him. It was never just about, you know, preparing for the, for the defense we were going to be going up against. It was a lot of that, but it was also things that he talked about off the field, whether it was family, uh, things that were going on in, in everyday life, in my life and w- whatever kind of words of wisdom he was able to give me. He always, he always made sure that, you know, he filled my head with some stuff that were, positive things to always uh, carry myself with and look back on. So I'd say, uh, I'd say coach Ambrosio was probably the biggest impact for me as far as coaching. Okay. Uh, and talking about coaches, if you could just talk about your staff right now, your assistants uh, under you at uh, with the low night girls basketball. Sure. Um, so I know how important it is to have a great staff. Um, behind you at all times when you're a head coach. And the reason why I know that is because I've been an assistant coach before and now being a head coach and everything, I understand, you know, who has to do what and and what you're going to need and the help you're going to need. And the two guys I got, Mike Pasqualone, he's actually our assistant coach at the, at the high school. He's our head JV coach. And then I have Kevin Mantell. He's the head coach of our middle school program, but he's also involved at the high school as much as possible. Um, these two guys, uh, I, I can't say enough about them. They are awesome. Uh, they, they do anything that I need them to do. Um, they know the game really well. They're actually football coaches at Lodi high school too. One's a teacher and one's an aide in the high school. So they're involved within the school as well. So that makes things so much easier. Um, but what they do for me and the trust I have for them makes things so much easier for me as a head coach. Cause 
I have I have the philosophy uh, philosophy of you're only as good as your coaching staff and your assistant coaches because if I don't have somebody behind me that I can trust mm-hmm. that I know that totally agree yeah and I know that they know exactly what I'm thinking and I know what they're thinking I have no problem you know turning around to them in the heat of you know heat of the moment in a game and asking them a, what they think and what their opinion is most of the time I turn to these guys and you know I get out of bounds plays from them. I get subs from them. I tell them to give me somebody because I, you know, that's one thing that I don't have to worry about and Mm -hmm. I can always rely on them and they've done a tremendous job. And it's not only during the season too. anything I ask of them in the off season, you know, they, they tell me when you need me, I'll show up. No problem. They show up to every, you know, all summer league, all summer practices and stuff. So they've been a a great help. And, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be in the position I am without them. So I'm, I'm very thankful to have them on staff. Okay. Nice coach. Your season is set to begin in about two weeks and I'm sure both you and your players are chomping at the bit to get started. Uh, Let's pretend you have them as a captive audience right now. What do you want to say to them? Did he freeze on us? Oh, there he is. Okay. (laughs) Coach, were you able to hear that? I think I got you there. Okay. Okay. You want me to repeat that or you got it? Uh, sure, please repeat it. Sure. I said your season's set to begin in about two weeks, and I'm sure both you and your players are chomping at the bit to get started. Uh, let's pretend you have them as a captive audience right now. What do you want to say to them? So funny thing is, is we actually, uh, I actually have a Google Classroom with them, and uh, w- one thing that I always try and do is make sure that I give them constant, um, constant communication as much as I possibly can, and that's uh, – you know, things as far as it could be um, some type of phrase that I see on the internet, or it could be uh, maybe a workout that I'm posting. Um, we've actually just started using a new app this, uh, this year because of everything that's going on to kind of get them going with drills and stuff like that. And if they have the time to do it with everything going on, um, I try my best to make sure that <clears throat> they're trying to stay as active as possible. But directly to them if they were my audience now i'd say girls you know with the predicament that we're in and with how quickly this season's going to be creeping up on us it is so important that you get out there now and you do as much work as you possibly can so that we're not starting from right from square one right when we start on on uh, january 11th if you can get out there if you could start dribbling a basketball shooting a basketball um, get together w- w- with a partner and maybe go and shoot some hoops on a on a day where we got a little bit of sunshine. Go do it because whatever you can do now only helps us because of the limited time and the limited games that we have. That's only going to help us hopefully have a successful season and jumpstart us and and catapult us into next season where we can hopefully get things back into the swing of things. And if you really want to have the success that everybody wants to have, because everybody. Nobody joins sports just to join them and have Mm -hmm. fun. Everybody always wants to win. And if you want to win, unfortunately, it takes a lot more than just showing up. So we really have to make sure we put in the work. You really have to make sure you dig down deep and show up for each other every day and and work your butts off. And I promise you, if you can do all those things, if you can do what I ask, I can guarantee you we're going to have fun and we're going to have some success. 
Okay. Nice. Tell them about the fun segment. Uh, we got one more fun segment for you, Coach. <laughs> this is where this is the, this is where it gets good. We call this oh. rapid fire. These are meant to be. I, I always preface it. These are meant to be like the fun questions, but sometimes I feel like we get, get yeah, you, know, you get put on the spot. Hitting ones exactly. So, like I'm putting uh, <laughs> you right on the spot with the first one. You said you grew up in Garfield. You went to Lodi, so obviously you're Garfield Lodi borderline. You know both. You know you know a lot about both of those towns. But most important question. Out of Garfield and Lodi, you can combine them. What are the three best pizza places there? Garfield and Lodi? Yeah, Garfield and Lodi. You, yeah, just three out of both of them. They could be one, three from Garfield, three from Lodi, whatever you want, but the three best. Okay. I got to go with Santoni's, Lodi Pizza, Santoni's, Lodi Pizza, Pizza Mania. Okay. Ooh. No roses. No roses. <laughs> you know, it's funny. The last time I, you know what? I'm not going to lie. The last time I was probably at Rose's Pizza might have been with you on one of your teams. Oh my God. Are you serious? That long? I'm not lying to you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, Kurt's a pizza guy. I'm I a, am. I'm a coffee drinker, so mine's Dunkin' or Starbucks. Which one do you prefer, Dunkin' Donuts well, or Starbucks? Believe it or not, I've never had a cup of coffee oh, in my entire life. Wow. See that? <laughs> See that? Taught somebody something. Me? I'm not a coffee guy either. That's it. Can't do it. All right. Biggest win ever at Lodi. Could be as a player or a coach. Come on, that one, you, you kidding? That one's going to give, that's a gimme right there. I know. All right, so as a coach, give me a, well, I'll give you a coach. All right, you know what? I will say this. I will say this. As a coach, Yeah. as a coach, it has to be, especially for, with girls basketball, it has to be my first year. We went to the playoffs and we, we beat North 13th Street Tech in the first round. And that was our first playoff win in over 20 years since Billy Massapus was the coach. Okay. And you're tough. And I'd say as a player, yeah, it's, it's between two games. So obviously the state championship game without a doubt, but the other game was the first round playoff game against week where we went to Newark and it was probably, probably one of, it was probably the toughest fought game I have ever played in my entire life. And we ended up winning the game 14, nine, but that was probably our toughest opponent that year. And that game is the reason why we were able to uh, breeze right through the next two rounds. I always okay. follow up the toughest win question with your toughest, I'm sorry, biggest win with the toughest loss. You as a coach? Either one. Yeah. Both one of each, if you'd like. All right. So as a coach with girls basketball, um, <laughs> one year we got to – play Garfield in the first round of the playoffs. Now they were a pretty good team that year. And, you know, we, we were, we were decent that year as well. And um, we ended up losing two close games in that season to them. And we really thought, you know, that rule where you don't get beat three times in one season. <laughs> Unfortunately, we, we had our worst of the three games and uh, didn't do so well. And, and we lost that first round of the playoffs against uh, Garfield. That was tough. Okay. All right. And, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, player. And as a player, definitely going back to football. We last game of the regular season, we're playing Glenrock. We're up uh, twenty-eight nothing at half, and we end up losing fifty-two to thirty-five. That one haunts me every day. Oh. <laughs> 
All right. Um, talking about football again, you're, I'm going to talk about your senior year quarterback. Somebody who hasn't, who never saw you play football. Give me a college or an NFL quarterback that kind of resembled your style. Mm. <laughs> um. Tough one, right? <laughs> it is because you know what it was. I didn't. I didn't have to be much of a runner because of the line I had. When I tell you I had a phenomenal line, I barely got touched. My jersey was usually the cleanest one on the field, <laughs> and I played defense. So, um, I would say as like sitting back and maybe having a takeoff a time or two. I would say only because he's lefty, and I years ago I watched him play, and I liked the way he played. Was actually Matt Leinhart. Okay, Matt Leiner. There you go, because of the lefty. And now, how about the same style as a coach? Ooh. <laughs> same style as a coach. Well, I mean, let's just get this out. We're not going to say Bobby Knight, right? <laughs> I, I, I would have been fired a long time I ago. Say, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, a couple of comments. Jimmy Eiserman saying, what's up, buddy? And Coach Breslin saying, Lodi football went to both state championship games when they played Lenape Valley two years in a row. That's when I was in high school. They lost one and won one, 92-93. But come yep. on, give me give me somebody, Joe. Give me somebody that. All right. I would say in, in basketball, I'm a little bit more intense than I am in football. Football, I'm a little bit more calm. So I would say in basketball, I would say because he's – because he's involved in a lot and he's like, he's vocal almost every time down the court. I, I like watching uh, Calipari play, uh, coach. Okay. Because he's, he's so vocal all the time. And especially with girls basketball, I got to be as vocal as I can and, mm -hmm. and kind of give them as much as I can each possession. So I'd say that cause he, he's, uh, he's usually involved every, almost every time down court. Nice. Uh, mine's a little bit easier coach, hopefully, right? Fill in the blank blank wins championships. Defense is there. the is typical. <laughs> Are you going with defense? You know what? I'm not going to go with defense. All right. Okay. <laughs> and the only reason why I, I'm going to go a little bit more, I'm going to go a little bit more in depth. I'm going to go with heart. And the reason why I say heart is because if you got heart, everything else should fall in place. Nice. Okay. I like it. And my last one, it's a two-parter, but best Christmas gift you ever got. He's got some tough ones tonight. Yeah. <laughs> well, my wife's watching, and so I got to make sure I pick a good one. <laughs> it better be something yeah. that she got you. Exactly. I got to make sure I pick something she got me. Oh, man. Or you ain't getting nothing this year. Yes. Oh, man. Best Christmas gift I've ever gotten. Oh, man. You're going to, you know, you're going to get me in trouble here. <laughs> memory. I'll help you. Just she's, say something from your wife. She's that's, the best gift every day. That's it. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Any anything she gets me is the best gift. There you ever. go. All right, let, let's she get to, then. Let's get to this. And then, what do you want for this year? Just something like we well, know you're not a greedy person, but if there's something somebody still hasn't gotten you that they can get you, what is it? Oh, for me, yeah. I, I don't. I mean. You can ask anybody. I usually give the same answer. I don't need anything. If I were to, if I were to pick something, I, I'd say, uh, I, I'd tell the person, get something for my son. 
Oh, very nice. There you go. Very nice. And our last rapid fire question for you, Coach. At practice, is there a certain drill that you run that you always love to hop in on? Oh, absolutely. We call it 11 man. <gasps> That's so- mine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The continuous three v two. Yep. Yep. The coach. Every coach jumps in on it, and every coach competes. Because I was just saying, it's so competitive. Yeah, I got way too to excited see- about that. Yeah, you, you got fired up. Yep. You got fired up. We try to see who can who can have the most consecutive uh, times up and down the court, and usually the coaches jump right in and and uh, and demolish whatever record the girls got going at that time. So we jump right in with them. Oh, that's with good. That's good. Joe. Thank you. I just got to say one thing. I'm so lucky I met her like recently because if I already met her when we were coaching, I don't know, man. She would probably think I'm nuts. Like <laughs> some of the days we had back in the Giordano days and the rec center days and the football Absolutely. days. But, uh, no, but uh, seriously, it was an awesome to, uh, awesome for you to come on. Yes. Thank obviously. you so much. It's actually thinking about this, that team now, two head coaches, awesome. Pete Very nice. and Joe. Oh, oh, Pete two, was on that team? Pete nice. was on that team too. Very so two nice. head high school coaches. That's great. That's, but, that's um, really nice. But Merry Christmas to you, your family. Um, and obviously we want to get together, you know, later on during the year, start Absolutely. covering you guys more and doing that. But we want to appreciate you for coming on. Kurt, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, it's an honor, especially having you as a coach back when I was a kid for you to think about me. Um, I want to wish you guys nothing but the best. Please stay uh, safe, stay healthy. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thank you. I look forward to talking to you guys further into the season. Absolutely. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. Bye-bye. Very nice. Yep. That was great. Absolutely. Wishing them a lot of luck this season. And, you know, wishing them a lot of luck. And, again, something we'll cover. And, and, you know, just thinking about that now, like, when you think back, like, a long time ago, coaching in Little League, but now two guys, two kids from that that team, team. you know, having one as a nine-year-old, one as a ten, and those guys are head football, you know, head uh, uh, high school coaches. coaches, yeah. So. We have our next guest in the waiting room ready to come in. Let's bring bring her in, in, yeah. Coach Adovinia, I'm going to bring her in here. She loads in. Hi, Coach. How are you? Oh, you're muted. <laughs> How Hi. are you? Hi, Coach Adavinia. Thank you so much for joining us. Coach Adavinia. It's so <laughs> you know, horrible. I, I refer to everybody as Coach. It's so funny. It's so weird to refer to you that way. But uh, allow me to introduce you to our audience, please. This is where I get to brag about you for a moment. Um, coach Amy Adavinia comes to us with a wealth of coaching, playing, and training experience. I'm sure I'm going to miss some of your um, accolades and experience here. A former varsity field hockey coach at Morris Knowles High School, um, assisted me as a lacrosse assistant at Montsville Township High School, um, is a former Division I All-American athlete, uh, field hockey at the University of Richmond, a three-sport athlete at Mount Olive High School, where I believe you're in the Hall of Fame, if I'm not mistaken, um, and currently a certified CrossFit trainer. I could go through the list of things, CrossFit level one, two, three, Olympic lifting, gymnastics, self-defense, aerobics, you know, the, every, every um She does it all, Jen. She does it all. She does. So, um, you know, and so welcome, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining. By the way, Richmond basketball got beat tonight. I'm not sure if you saw that, but they got upset <laughs> no, today. No, I did not. They no. did. They got upset today. I saw it. Yep. Oh, what a bummer. Yeah, just throwing news. it out. Way but, to bring uh, the level down. Yeah, we'll bring it down. 
Hey, but they beat you. But they beat uh, Kentucky this year. So, uh, but yeah, they got upset. They just thrown it out there. But my my first question: How did coaching on the high school level? Um, how does that help you now training like high school athletes? Um, I think you get to know as a high school teacher as well. You get to know some of what the kids go through a little bit because you had close relationships with your team. Um, and so I can kind of get a sense for when I train, like I train the Mount Olive boys baseball team. We do like an eight week training session in January and February. And the great thing is, is I can kind of get a read on, you know, through their body language, how they're feeling, you know, what's going on in their lives. And, um, I think that just helps me relate to them a little bit having previously coached as well, because they know I'm a coach too. So I have had the um, luxury of not only playing with you, but against you, coaching with you and against you. And I just know you as a person. And I've seen firsthand your passion for your sports, for your coaching, and for your training. Um, but not only for yourself, but for others as well. So I wanted you to tell us, because I think that's one of your, your biggest strengths and assets. Because I want you to tell us how you instill that same passion into the athletes that you train. I usually make them throw up every workout. <laughs> That's passion. Well, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to ask her my second question if she's going to answer that. No, no, I'm totally kidding, totally kidding. There have been a few, but no. I, I feel like it's – passion is one of those things that's really hard to bring out in a person, and I don't know if I ever can. I can give them the tools and just try to motivate them a little bit, but, like, motivation, I say, it's got to be intrinsic. I can give you the tools and maybe the motivation comes after, after what we've done. I always find that the kids maybe aren't on the spot, like super stoked, but over time they see results. So you try to preach about delayed gratification and, you know, working hard in that moment, but to bring about the passion is really tough. I know you truly do just so you know, and I know you, it's hard to you know see this in yourself, but you do truly inspire um, everybody that you work with, from the uh, high school athletes to the adults. It's evident in everything that you do, so don't sell yourself short. Yeah. By the way, both of you guys, Tara Lynn is giving a hey Jen and a hey oh, Amy. Hey so Tara. Tara Lynn is saying hello. So now I guess I'm afraid to ask this question because now I'm excited I, for the question. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm not even. Listen to me. I go off script a lot. I'm not going off script. I'm gonna read it word for word. If there, are, if there are any athletes right now out there listening, what is your training advice to them and what can they expect if they come to train with you? Besides, wow. Besides throwing up all the time. <laughs> Which does not happen, I swear. Uh, hey, you said it, not me. My training advice and what to expect if they come to me. Um, I'll go with the second half first. If they come to me, you know, I expect them to be focused and to be to be coachable and willing to learn that's what i expect i expect somebody to know that you know my time is valuable and i'm passionate i am there to help them get better you know okay. and i will put everything i have into that athlete but they have to be willing to work okay that's the thing. It, it's work it's hard work you know and and i just think that mentally that helps them tremendously that if you can work hard then you can get through most anything. Like I, when we do something like burpees, I'm like, you can get through anything in life. If you don't have to do burpees, it's pretty good. <laughs> so if you can do that in your training, then mentally you're better prepared for something else. Um, 
and for anybody that wants to start training, um, I would say have a purpose, know your purpose, know your goal. Cause at different times of the year, depending on what sports you play, your training might be different. For example, if you're, like I said, I train the baseball team eight weeks before their season, we're not lifting for strength in those eight weeks. We're getting them ready to sustain a season so they don't get injured versus if we were six months out from their season, we might be looking to gain strength. So I think anybody looking to start any type of training, just know your purpose, why you're training. And, you know, there should be a goal involved. If you need to talk to somebody to help you set that goal, it's great. Like, I think, I hate to say this is one of the worst things anyone can do, but like, you know, training for field hockey, Jen, we were coaches, right? And people would be like, well, I worked out all summer. I ran a mile like every other day. And like running a flat mile in 10 minutes isn't making you more fit. It's making you better at long, slow distance, which is the total opposite of our sport (laughs) in field hockey. But you need someone to really steer you in the right direction, have a purpose, have a goal, you know, and know your time frame. Okay. Tara Lynn's also saying best two coaches I know. And our guy, Kenny Kirkpatrick, (laughs) dedication here, saying a quick hello and Merry Christmas to all of you. He's driving oh. he's driving home from Christmas shopping from and Target, but he got us on, got like, us on oh, thanks, and he's Mr. checking Kirkpatrick. in. So thank you, Mr. Kirkpatrick. Very nice. Well, you kind of uh, segued naturally into my next question because I kind of think back to some of the drills, like let's say when we were in high school and even college, you know, some of those things are still relevant today, but some of them I feel like we kind of look back on and like, ooh, you know, maybe like that wasn't you know, the best for like our fitness, let's say, right? So what are some exercises that you know that have like stood the test of time and maybe even some that you look back and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the long, slow distance, more than one day a week. Like if you're just going for a jog, like that's great. But if you're, if you're in a sport that requires sprinting or explosiveness, it, it's almost taken away your gains. Um, I think that lifting and getting strong is paramount the stronger you are, the better. I'm not talking like, and when I say strong, I don't mean like the big meathead with the big chest that can't move. Okay. Talking squats, compound movements, deadlifts. I think working on the posterior chain, which is, you know, the back part of the body, the glutes, the hamstrings, the lower back, those are your power muscles. Those are your go muscles. And I think that, you know, lifting weights is underrated with good form good form. Anybody can squat, but if your squat is, is it looking great and it's, it, your knees are hurting, then we need to look at your form and see where the problem is. But I think lifting and getting strong in your posterior chain is, is so huge. I see it in every sport and, and every athlete I work with. It's usually a neglected piece. Well, you know, what's interesting. This is off script for me is that I feel like as female athletes, especially going back to when we were competing, that maybe wasn't um, such a focus. And I know that a lot of knee injuries like ACLs and stuff, I feel like those muscles were built up in myself specifically, I can even say, um, you know, could have been a lot of injury prevention, you know? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I cringe when I'm in the high school weight room and I see a kid like squat with their knees almost touching. Uh, I'm like, no! Yeah. <laughs> I run over like they're on fire. I'm like, stop! <laughs> Um, can, Amy, can you explain the satisfaction of like seeing your trainees reach their goals under your, uh, tutelage? Oh my gosh, Kurt. I love that question. I love you. Um, <laughs> Amy, we do homework, Amy. Again, <laughs> listen, I'm going to be honest. It's not pretty doing the homework. We're fighting 
if it, we're doing it for an hour, 58 minutes of it's probably an argument and fight, but we get some good questions out I'm of pretty, this. I'm pretty sure I told Amy that yesterday. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's, 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 we're not lying. It's true. I wish I was a fly on the wall for that. Oh, uh, my gosh. I'm going to be honest. The ratings would be off. We'd probably get our own show, like, live on cable. It would be like that. A reality series, yeah. yeah. He said, she said. Yeah. Great. Um, I love it. When they reach a goal or, like, they have success, it's amazing. I'd go up and watch the high school baseball team play a lot. And, you know, anytime any one of them is up to bat, I mean, the team as a whole, it's like I share the victory, like, with them. Like, I feel it, you know? Um Interesting enough, I trained the high school quarterback, Gavin Lockwood. I don't know if you know that name. Um, he's the Mount Olive high school quarterback, and he plays baseball. And so we did some training in the offseason and last year. And when I told him I was going to his high school game, he was like, I'm so excited. Like, And that was even cool for me to know that he was even excited that someone was going to be there to watch, you know? So it, it's just I like to make them happy. And that is just so cool. It just has meaning and purpose. And we all need value in our lives. And I think that that's where the good feeling comes from, adding value. You know, the three of us here are all uh, former student athletes, all former coaches, uh, meaning sports coaches. Um, you know, but exercise isn't always about competition. And I know that you obviously work with people of all different ages um, as a high school phys ed teacher as well, you know, you're trying to instill in your students just like a healthier lifestyle, right? So what would be uh, like your advice to someone who's just looking to take that first step towards that healthier lifestyle? Um, so three steps. I mean, one, one step is really three, I'm going to say, because <laughs> I do preach this a lot in my phys ed classes. So I'm going to say sleep, nutrition, and movement those three things because without those three it's going to be very hard to get anywhere in each of the other meaning if your sleep is awful and your nutrition is awful you're working out and movement is not going to feel good all right and you can't outwork a bad diet you can't outwork two hours of sleep it does you know it doesn't work like that as a whole maybe on you know a general occasion or when you're 16 years old you can do that twice a week <laughs> but it i see it so i see them suffer as well when they're 16 years old so that's sleep, nutrition, and movement, general movement. We need to move more. You know, I grew up snow plowing with my father in the backyard. I mean, I was moving all the time and it set me up for a lifetime of, of fitness and lifting because I was naturally strong from helping my father lift logs in the backyard. I got a question to not to cut you off, but do you, are you worried again, like in your field, your profession, like are you worried that like the way times have changed, you know, whether it, whether it's the, the playstations and the computers and the iPads that kids, like you're saying as when you were younger, you did that with your father. Is it like, do you think like kids are not doing that anymore? Some are not, some are, I think the separation's getting greater. Like the, a lot of kids I talk to are doing those things. And there's more opportunities for kids to play more travel and sports, and they're so busy. And that's stuff that maybe I didn't have when I was young, you know. But I think that the kids that aren't moving, it's like they're not moving. They're always playing a video game. Right. You know, non-athletes a lot of the time. Um, and so I think that that is kind of tough. You ever hear the term like, oh, the strong farm kid? Well, strong farm kids used to be from anywhere. Right. And now it's like... <laughs> That, that's very few and far between. Everyone's got a landscaper, you know. That's true. So, like, yeah, I've even true. heard high school kids be like, 
I don't, I don't shovel snow. That's my dad's job. And I'm like, I, I'm like, right. you know, it wasn't, you know, that's not reality when I grew up. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I don't care if it's cleaning the bathroom or shoveling snow, you should be able to do it all man or female, you know? So, you know, that I think it is becoming a little bit of a problem though, Kurt. I do. Um, the lack of movement, the lack of walking places, you know, the lack of riding bikes. I, it's still out there. It is. But to the extent that it was when we were kids, right. I don't think it's. All right, Amy, our next segment is called Rapid Fire. We have some quick questions for you. Oh, you're ready to go. Okay. I love it. I'm ready to <laughs> you go. Are, you are the perfect rapid fire candidate. Yep, you're going to be good. Oh, my with God. That. <laughs> it's been a long day. I just changed a poopy diaper and gave my daughter a bath. <laughs> there you go. So All right. Kurt is up first. My first one. Best Christmas song ever. Oh, Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> I knew it. I'm with you. Follow closely by Wham last Christmas. <laughs> I'm a huge Wham fan. Okay. I want to put it out there. I'm going to give you one. All right. I'm going to give you one. And when we when we get done, I want you to do a little homework. Go on YouTube. Okay. Another rock and roll Christmas. Another. Is, that's the name of the song. Another rock and roll Christmas. And then I want you to text Jen and tell me, I heard this in a mall about, my God, 10 years shopping one day. And I'm like, I have to find it. Who sings it? I want to say it's Gary Glitter. That, is it going to bring that, me to Rick Astley's song? No, listen you know, to me. Like, it's like the con. I'm just going to say this. You will have that song downloaded on your phone by the end of the night. Aim, all you have to do is text me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. That's I'll, it. I'll up or down. Okay. Another rock and roll Christmas. I want to say it's Gary Glitter. I, I could be wrong, but it's another rock and roll Christmas. I was willing okay. to be with you, but until you said Gary Glitter, now I'm on the fence. <laughs> I'll look it up while you ask her her next question. <laughs> All right, Amy, it's cheat day. What is your go-to meal, snack, or cheat? Oh, uh, it's probably going to be pizza followed by something with um, like peanut butter and chocolate. Nice. It is, it is Gary Glitter. <laughs> Tara Lynn said Gary Glitter like and she's sm- crying. So <laughs> Three crying. All right, so make sure I'm telling you. I, that's my home. That's your homework. Find that one out. All right, number two. What exercise do you still do better today than any of your athletes that you train? Um, deadlifts or, or cleans. I was going to say all of them or, or, or handstands for you. Or like handstands that. or pull-ups or... <laughs> Uh, is it bad that I'm answering for Amy? No, no, no. But, but, but our guy, Mr. Sickinger, who will be on shortly, is chiming in, and he's going wham. All right, well, we'll have to ask we'll him. We'll have, have to, to ask, ask him. him. That. That's good. That's good. All right, Amy, uh, what exercise do you love to use in a workout but your athletes absolutely despise? Ooh. Um, there's an evil movement called the Devil's Press. <laughs> that sounds evil. I, I wouldn't do it just by the name. Yeah, and it requires doing like a burpee and then you have to like bring the dumbbell up over your head in one movement. It's just really taxing. Yeah. All right. We're going to go with the devil's press or just a burpee. I have a feeling there's going to be a burpee in there somewhere. Name a professional athlete you would you wish you could train. Ooh. Or train with. Or train with. Oh, wow. I mean, professional athletes, if we're talking like CrossFitters, I have my goals, but I'll try to go with like the more conventional athletes. Um, I, uh, it's like so hard to think. Oh, Tom Brady. Oh. I want to train with Tom Brady. I read his book. Um, very good. I would like to train with Tom to learn from him, 
But there's other people I'd rather train with, though, just for the sheer fact of, like, pushing. Like, I want to know, like, if I have the will and, like, who could gut it out longer. You know, Amy, like Amy, I despise Tom Brady because <laughs> I hate him as a diehard Bronco fan. I mean, I got pictures of the wall. Bye-bye, Brady. But the point is, I actually said to Jen one time, for Christmas, can you buy me the book? Like, I want to read it a little. And I said, maybe I'm going to start eating like him. I looked at what he ate. Listen, you know, as picky as I was. Gone. No. What was it? Uh, avocado. Gone. Son. Yeah. So, so that didn't work out. The moral of the story is he did get the book, but has done nothing. Yeah, with it's it. still it's down there actually. <laughs> it's right behind us on the bookshelf. All right, Amy. We've tested your knowledge on all things personal training. My last question for you is going to test your knowledge in a little bit of parts of speech. You are a Mad Libs connoisseur, so we're going to do yeah. a real quick Mad Libs right now. All right. <laughs> All right. Yes. All right. Give me. You're, you're on the spot. Give me an adjective. Green. Season. Fall. Article of clothing. Bra. A plural noun. Um. Razors. A verb. <laughs> um. Uh, squatting. Another plural noun. Uh, glasses. A food. Ooh, um, avocado. <laughs> and a snack food. Ooh, um, 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 those crappy, um, Oreo 100 calorie packs. <laughs> All right, and give me, uh, two sports. Two sports. Um, curling and, um, bobsledding. All right, because our topic is go team. Nothing beats a game of curling on a green fall day. <laughs> so I love it. Fans dress their team's bra and wave razors to show their support. Before the games, players will squat with fans and autograph glasses for them. It's a tradition to eat an avocado or Oreo 100 calorie packs at bobsledding games and there you have it that was the perfect ending That's to an it. interview with amy Ottavinia. by the way Tar <laughs> we could have laughed harder at that jet because it is wicked funny we can go back and crack up over that tara lynn saying oh my god mad libs that one valentine's day night and then she's saying just saying so many cans in jen's garage so not a good uh so not a good night before fitness <laughs> oh my god i love it tara and coach breslin wants me to send him the uh the Tom Brady book. Nice. Very so, nice. Will do. There you go. <laughs> Coach Adivinia, so nice to have you on the show. Thank you oh, for joining you. us tonight and for sharing your knowledge. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Happy holidays. Have a good Christmas. Have Same a good you. Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. To your family as well. Another rock and roll Christmas. Gary Glitter, check it out. <laughs> oh, by <laughs> the way, oh, wait. Hold on before you leave, Amy. Coach. Yeah. Uh, Lilienthal, Rebecca. Says, hey, hey ladies, Merry Christmas. Oh, so thank nice. you, Coach, oh, for joining us. God, her daughter's a stud, huh? Yeah. Beck, your daughter, wow. Yep, very good. I can't like get that. enough of those videos. It's insane. Buy so, stock, huh? Buy stock? Yep. Okay. She'll be, she'll be, she's already got a recruiting video up. Yeah. All right. <laughs> good All night, right. Coach. Thanks again. Thanks, guys. Bye, Aim. Thank you. Bye. Okay, another great interview yep, tonight. absolutely. Two great interviews yep. tonight. You know, for sure, for sure. Um, we're going to wait for Mr. By the way, we have one more segment coming. A little quick little segment. Well, Mr. Sickinger is in the waiting oh, room. Oh, bring him in. So, all bring right, him just want to make sure yeah. we're good to go. Absolutely. 
Hello, Coach Sickinger. He's still connecting to audio, it looks like, so. He's in, but. God, I love it, Terrence. <laughs> Hello, Coach, can you hear us? I sure can. There right, he welcome, is. Welcome, welcome. Good to see you. Thanks for joining sure us. Sure can. I was just watching that. That last interview was great. I mean, it hurt just listening to her talk about all those exercises and lifting and stuff like that. Like, it just hurt listening to her. That that was great. Great content. I, I enjoyed it. Um, oh, I'm glad. I, I love hearing people that are passionate about what they're doing and a fellow PE teacher, which is awesome. And and Kurt, that Brady book, just re-gift it and give it to Kenny. You know what? <laughs> you know what? You probably got through three pages, and once you mentioned anything outside of chicken fingers and 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 Jim pizza, Jim, that that, they, that was honestly, I, I was probably better off like reading a Latin book or something. Like when I just started reading that, I just went close it and let's not uh, the get out of there. The moral of the Kurt. story is I should have known better. Co oh, John <laughs> Bealen's getting jealous, saying, "How do I not? How do I get on this show?" <laughs> hey, you're the welcome. You got All you got to do is ask. By the way, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Sickinger. Yes, sir. Sickinger, Come obviously, Jay. on the K and K Sports Show. So that we, I'm, this is a little calmer. This show, you know, like you see, everybody, you see everybody nice and calm, right? It's a different. Look kind to your of left. Show. That's why it's that's why it's calm, Kurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Because you know what? Like, you know, you said, come on and just talk for a couple minutes. I'm like, sure, no problem. Well, because we, we got two great points. You know what? Do you want to get to the new one first, Jen, or you want to get to the I older one? revisit the old one and then end maybe All right. with the new one. We've what got a think? couple yeah. minutes. So, um, Whatever you got, guys. So, Coach Sickinger, last week we kind of started talking about, um, you know, again, both being former high school coaches, at you as well, um, the topic of – the ability for a new coach, not necessarily new first-time coaching, but um, new to a school, and his or her ability to pick their assistants, you know, and what is your your thoughts on, on that? Before we chime in, we did discuss it last week, and I know we discussed it with you a little bit afterwards off of the air, but you had some right. really great insights if you want to kind of share your thoughts on that topic. Did I explain that well Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, you, you, you did much better than Kurt could ever done there. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, it, it is true. You know what? Um, you know, I coached baseball for 25 years. I did 10 years of basketball, 10 years of girls volleyball. Um, the last year I, I was going to help Milburn softball as an assistant coach. We, I think we had five days of practicing before the roof caved in. So, you know, one of the things that I, I could just say from early on coaching, uh, is that back in the day, coaches just coached for a long time. Like you had to wait for a guy or a person or somebody just either to die or retire to get a coaching job. They were tough to get early on. People got them and they didn't give them up. Now I see a lot of, unfortunately, unqualified people coaching sports. I do a lot of site managing and, you know, a lot on the freshman level, they're just looking for people in district. A lot of people, when they're going to offer a job, they offer it in district first. Back in the day, you were hired as a teacher. They would look at your resume and say, oh, Jen, played field hockey, basketball, boom, boom, you're hired. But with being hired, Jen, we expect you to coach. You know, Kurt, you play basketball, play football. We expect you to coach, you know, especially in the phys ed area. Now, it's not it's not the same. And we were talking, Jen, about it, especially a sport like yours with field hockey being so specialized, having to find people to fill out your staff. Mm -hmm. we, we, you know what? Let alone in district, you might even go within, a, like I know 
Essex County and where, where you grew up in West Essex, you know, a lot of people played field hockey, but when you go to other areas of the state, that wasn't played a lot. Right, so, right. you know, to fill out your staff might be hard. You might have to get a guy like the guy on your right there and say, listen, you're a little bit of an athlete. I'll teach you how to coach a sport right, or something exactly. like that. Right. And, you know, and just hope that he could follow directions well enough and is willing to put in the time to, to make it better. You know what? At least that's what I've seen through, through my time. You know what? Are there some good young coaches out there? Absolutely. Are there people like, you know, it was great just seeing the, 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 the young girl that you had on there now talk about stuff with passion. And it sounds like you two had a great time coaching together. That's what it should be about, putting a great effort towards the kids and everything she's saying. I love when she said, I saw somebody lifting wrong in the, in the gym with their knees buckling together and I cringed. Hey, listen, we've all been through that. We got to walk across the weight room and go, what are you doing? What are you doing? There's a right way to do it, form and function. I don't know if we're getting away from that now, you know, and, uh, you know, getting to your point, you know, having to hire, you know, when you go in as a coach, is sometimes in a, in a sport, it's hard. Kurt, you were talking about that. Maybe you come in as a coach and there's a leftover staff there, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and are you forced to take these people? Should you be forced to take these people? You know, what right. that, that's that? where we were going with it is like, should you be forced, you know, because so, again, and, and again, I was never a head coach, but you were a head coach, and you know what? Your name's on that program. I mean, sure is. it's still the school, but you know what? It's who's the head coach, and if you're forced to take, you know, your your two assistants in baseball, or you know, your defensive coordinator, and offensive coordinator is handpicked for you, and now things are going not good. You know, it's not those assistants. It's going to be you. So if you're going to go down, and hopefully you don't go down, but if you're going to go down, shouldn't you go down with your guys? You know, you know, or your people, your personnel. Your, your you know people. what? Yeah, I was. That happened to me, and, and and I don't mind saying it on the air. You know what? That I, at one point during my coaching career, I was forced to take somebody that was not equipped for the job. But once again, you know, was given an option to come down his first year, and work to get better and decline that offer and then was kind of being, being forced and it didn't work out well. And you know what saying I like baseball and being a baseball coach are two, two totally different things. Right. You know what? And you know, you find that out pretty quick because when I wanted to get where I wanted to get, or I wanted to go from the, the hunter to the hunted, you know what? There's a lot of work that has to be involved in yeah. that. And you know, and if you're not willing to do that, then you know what? Go find something else to do, and we'll find somebody. I was so lucky during my career. I hooked up with Jay Scavala. My, my good friend came right out of Montclair State, and he was with me for the whole ride. Um, I had Doug Ogle, Frankie Bofuco, Bobby Kelly, like guys, Chris Ionello, guys who played with me yeah. and for me. And when they came into the system as teachers, they knew what was expected from the winning culture and just kept that rolling right along. You know, I'm going to speak from a perspective of even, you know, I've been talking about it as the perspective as like a head coach, you know, now I just as we're talking, I'm thinking like how lucky I was to be hired as an assistant um, when I graduated from college. It just it just worked out at my alma mater to coach three sports there. Um, and, you know, like I didn't have any coaching experience. You know, was I an athlete there? Yes. Um, but like mm -hmm. we've talked about, that doesn't necessarily translate into good coaching. Mm -hmm. But I was given that opportunity. Right. Um, and I was also fortunate enough to be a young head coach. But and I did not feel at that time experienced enough to maybe even pick my own staff. So there's just so many unique situations, sure. um, you know, to that. So, um, you know, I, I think like, my gosh, like what if, 
what if I was never given that opportunity? You know, I want to be able to, you know, I, I just feel very fortunate to have been given the opportunities that I was, you know, and I, you know, don't want to take away from someone that there's just so many fine lines. And we've talked about this a little yep. bit, you know, mm-hmm. yes, you might inherit a coach, but you might also inherit a good coach, you know, and I, I, yes. I just because I'm coming right. in doesn't mean that I, I have the right necessarily to wipe that person out and not give that person a chance or at least a fair shake. Oh, know? well, I, I'll just say yeah. this in a couple of comments, Beelan, who I haven't been agreeing with Beelan in a long time, but me and Beelan are right on the money on this one, Jim, because he's saying, if you're hiring me to win at any high school level, I want my own coaching staff. Coach Breslin saying he agreed with you on the previous point, much harder to get coaches. Demands and parental influence make it harder to keep coaches. And then he's also saying you hit the, you hit the nail on the head, winning culture and being part of that and continuing it. Jim, this is what I think though. If, and, and again, if I become a head coach and say you two guys have been assistants in a school for 10 years, right? I think honestly I should have like, all right, I, I sit with you guys. I, I interview you guys and I really truly see, Hey, you know, wow. Like these two people are, are great. I'm going to love it. But if I really have two other guys, like if I have Beelan and I have Kenny and I'm like, listen, these are my guys. Just like you said, you had Frankie and, and Scavala mm-hmm. and, and you just feel comfortable with them. And you know, like, listen, you don't, I don't know her. I don't know you. Like I'm meeting you because the AD is saying, Oh, you're a great coach. I'm taking his word. But is that, sure. AD, is that AD going to be the one when they're calling from my head? Is he going to be saying, Oh, I back him. Or is he going to say, you know, like, that's the thing. Like I want to go down. I want my people. So just yeah, one hundred. Hey, Kurt, yeah. you're one hundred percent right with that. And and the thing that I'll go back to what Hoops was talking about too was back in the day you started. I was you know aside from like I was an assistant varsity coach for nine years before I took over. Like you know what I coached American Legion during the summer. Like you know what there was something to be said back in the day for paying your dues because I like like goes back to what you said, Jen. I didn't feel ready to take over at at any of those things. Like if you know what. Um, when I was doing American Legion during the summer, the person I was doing it with left it at a young age. I would think it was like 21 or 22. He said, here, the Legion program's yours. I'm gone. And I was just like, wow, I'm like four years older than the people I'm coaching, <laughs> yeah. you know? Right. And you look at it and go, ah, I'm, I'm not ready to steer this ship, but um, you're, you're absolutely right. And I, I think there's something for, you know, working on your craft, honing your craft, developing your own style. And then when you find the right people, listen, Kurt, you and I both know there's two things you can do. I could play catch with somebody for five minutes and tell if they're a baseball player. And I can also sit down and talk to somebody for five minutes and figure out where their head is with baseball or mm-hmm. sport, that, especially that what I like. You know what? Um, you know what? Whether it's an old school thing, you look at Coach Breslin and I. I've never met the man. We've only talked through the Internet, but I can tell we're like kindred spirits because <laughs> of the way we we talk about things. You know, on the air and the points that we agree or disagree with are, are very similar. Mm-hmm. You know what? Because it just goes back to that old school mentality um, that we that we like. And I, I don't think old school is bad, Hoops. I agree. Now, I got, well, I got a question. Do you agree or disagree? I'll give you – I'll let you go real quick and then I'll go to Jim. Beelan's saying it's like the 25 to 30-year-old experienced English or math teacher in school. We can't teach like it's early 80s anymore. you got to adapt to the kids nowadays. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say, (coughs) excuse me, that 
we can't assume that every teacher that's been teaching for a long time isn't adapting. But I think what so, his point is making is if they're forcing you on that, if they're forcing that person on you, think, on your staff. I, I'm, I, I agree with what you're yeah, saying. The, um, I, I just feel like I think in a perfect world, we would, of course, any coach going in would love to be we able have to a comment from. Will you give staff. this comment to Mr. Sickinger, please? Oh, absolutely. Uh, coach Sickinger, we have a hello for you. It is coming from Rebecca Lilienthal. Her husband, Sven, says hi to Coach Sven. Uh-huh. <laughs> My man. By the way, My I got I, Sven is the best. Say that last name. I just, it's just Doc. It's just Doc. <laughs> I got to interrupt you because, Jim, you're wearing a hoodie that kind of looks like a hoodie that Jenny Hoops is asking Santa for. <laughs> it is. It's I similar. It I don't even know if that's similar. it. It's but I know nice. it's very similar. I asked for a white one, Jim, with the with the Under Armour in the American flag. I did ask for that. Oh, for I was going to say, don't look under the tree, Hoops. I went under there and, and I found this. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Breslin uh, back saying, I agree. But but I think if you care about the players, whether it's the 80s or now, you can get a lot out of them. Yeah, agree. You know, what's, you know what? And I'll say this to you, to you guys, too. And, and it is funny. Like, you know, people like when I when I stopped being a head coach in baseball in 2011, I retired because I wanted to see my girls play their high school sports, which I would never not do that again. That was the best decision I ever made. Didn't miss a scrimmage, a game, a practice, whatever. Ironically, Jim, Rebecca, Sven's wife, we had her on um, last week or two weeks ago. She just retired from coaching for the same reason. Sorry, go on. (laughs) No, no, you're you're right. And you know what? I mean, I've met his his girls at the game, at the Butler games. Once again, for two years, I was helping my friend Jeff White at Butler. And I've known Doc from when back when we played. Just a great guy, you know, great people. You know what? 100%. But, um, you know, it, it's funny. Um, you just uh, – when I got out of coaching, people said to me, you could never coach kids today because of the way you are. And I said, why? Because I asked them to show up on time, work hard, be disciplined, you know what, and be able to do, you know, this, that, or everything else. You know what? Kids are kids. Some kids need need that. They need mm-hmm. that structure. Because mm-hmm. I always looked That's at it as life-building skills. Yep. You know what? Your boss wants you to be on time. I mean, we could go down the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You understand. You guys have done it a hundred times over. One of the coolest things that ever happened to me was the transition to assistant coach. When I was up at Butler for two years working with my friend Jeff White and Ryan McCleary, I was the pitching coach. It was awesome. You know what? I worked with the pitchers. I did this. I was assistant coach. Now at Milburn, I'm the assistant coach. Sarah Plina is the head coach. I'm the assistant coach. I slide into a different role. I don't have to be that guy anymore. Mm-hmm. So now it's even cool for me at, at this, you know, at, at my age now and at this point in my career that I slide into a different role and have to, uh, you know, some of my former players, coach, how could you do softball? These girls are going to, I said, listen, I'm going to coach them differently. I'm going to, you know what, I've never really coached softball, but you know what? doing everything I need to do to figure it out. And you know, adapt, you adapt. That's what we always talk about, adapt. And if kids, some kids want to be coached hard. And Kurt, I think it goes back to another saying, you know what, I, you know what, I know there are some towns, you know what, maybe the town I live in that coaches get fired a lot. You know what, people go in and you know what, they go right into the board office and bypass the AD and the principal. And next thing you know, a coach is fired. Then another coach is fired. Then another coach is fired. You're going to turn people away because then that town gets the reputation that the parents are running the sports instead of, you know, a coach being able to handle the program. Hoops, you've seen it. 
Kurt, you've seen it too. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. a shame when you get people who are dedicated. I've seen so many young, dedicated coaches, you know, not even make a mistake and just get tossed to the side of the road. You know, it's a, it's a bad thing to see, especially in our profession. It is. Yeah. And like you said, long ago, there was coaches who were there for, you know, had longevity. Now the turnover for the young coaches is it. it and there's there's just so much more to, to deal with that on on that end now. It, it is. It's it's a lot. Yeah, that's a shame. Uh, real quick, two more comments. Coach Breslin saying about uh, when you were saying about uh, giving up coaching to watch your daughters. Most definitely, Jim did the same and stopped full time for the same reason. And Coach mm -hmm. Beeland saying, Coach, we need to set up something with a baseball throwing session at a park, LOL. Coach reminds me of my grandfather at times, man. And I'll just say this. When he's talking about his grandfather, and we were talking about Garfield Little League because we had uh, one of uh, my former players, uh, the Lodi Girls basketball coach, Coach Romeo. But his grandfather, right. Jim, I'm telling you, like – as a coach, I was down that we, I mean, we had work detail. We had everything. It was, it wasn't just show up for coaching. We were down that Garfield little league field every night. I was probably 20 years old. We were down there every night working kitchens, whatever, painting fences. painting fences. I mean, it was nuts. It was probably more work than I do now in my life, but oh, whatever yeah, it is, definitely I, is, it is, it is. But I got to say like John's grandfather was down team. there every night, Jim. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, every down there, the, the guy just loved loved baseball, loved the Little League, loved John, was down there. I mean, he was like a friend to all of us, you know? So that's a high, high compliment because I know what he thought of his grandfather. I mean, well, I, I know I appreciate a lot of his grandfather that. because, again, we grew, I grew up coaching. Like, that was my first coaching run was with, like, Beelan and those guys, and uh, it was great. I think I'm going to turn into that guy. I'm pretty soon going to be the old guy down at the field that just wanders around and nah. just helps people. Nah. Hey, oh tell God, John Jim, Bielan, too, and I'll mention on the show tomorrow night, for me now, 60 feet is long toss, by the way. Okay. I said, you know what? I said, just playing catch is long toss now. You know what? So, All right. Here's, nah. my, here's my next question because, and real quick, I got a couple minutes, and I said it got to it. Jen, but since you came on, I think I, it's a perfect. I was thinking, and I said, what's, what am I going to ask for a debate topic? And then I said to Jen, you know what? This is what, it's a little crazy, but it, it's not. You know, we always watch and we say college sports, high school sports. And we say, all right, how does that work into the, like the high school level? Like what's different? Like what do they do a little different? What do they do the same? And I look now and we're getting into the winter sports. So mm -hmm. obviously there's, it's not starting now, but Coach Romeo was saying before, whether it's wrestling or basketball, you have the holiday tournaments, which in reality, yeah. you know, you have your holiday tournaments. When you go to college sports, what do they do? They have holiday basketball tournaments. So it's like, okay, that aspect's there. What yeah. I love now, and we always have Coach Marr and the Becton team, is the NJIC has what's called a quote-unquote conference tournament, which is like these conference college tournaments. You know, you have the SEC. They're doing it where they take division winners out of the four uh, division divisions, and they have their mm -hmm. little playoff, and then they have a conference championship. So I'm thinking okay. and saying, all right, they have you have your big NCAA tournament, you have your playoffs, you have your high school football uh, playoffs, you have your NFL playoffs. But I'm like, what is one thing that high school doesn't do that those, you know, at a pro level? And I came up to one and I said, you know what I would be cool? The show you thought of your, you know yeah. what would be cool? Like, and is this something that you're a baseball guy? But I've always said, I mean, listen, I when I played in high school. We were good all three years, but 
our my best team was my senior year, and we got knocked out of. We got upset early in the state playoff. The other two years, you know, one year we were seventeen and fourteen. We played for a sectional final. So I was thinking, yeah. in is there any way? One, would you? Is it possible? And two, as a baseball guy, would you like it? Could they come up with something for a state tournament? Maybe I don't know about a best of seven. But could they do a best of three, a best of five? Could they do something where now it's all right? You didn't see my ace, or like you were saying, <laughs> I'm pitch, I'm playing against Doolittle, and yeah. listen, we're not hitting that guy. But otherwise, you have a better team. Is it something that one you would want to do? And is it possible for a baseball or even a softball to come up and say instead of just a one one game takes all, it's a best like they do in baseball, right? You know what, Kurt? I 100%. Would I love to hop in the DeLorean, hit it, pump it to 88 miles per hour, go back to 2004 and be able to play Shawnee? For those who don't know, Carney in 2004, we ended up playing in the state finals for the group four down in Tom's River. And we ended up, we were supposed to play on Saturday. And Sean Doolittle, who's pitching for the Washington Nationals right now, now was he had pitched on Thursday. So there's no way he could have pitched on Saturday except for Mother Nature had another plan. <laughs> it rained Saturday. It rained Sunday. Oh, no. It rained Monday. So they made the game Tuesday. He had the four days rest. And you know what? As we all know, the game went 10 innings. They ended up beating us 5-3. Um, Doolittle struck out 23 of us. But he also we also got, I think, five hits off him, which was the most he gave up all year. We scored three runs, which is the most he gave up all year. And it was a classic battle. Now, my point, if we had a three-game series and I had to match up my three pitchers against yes. his, there's no doubt in my mind. Right. And right. if we play on that Saturday, I got a big ring sitting on my mm -hmm. finger right now. But it's just the way it is. Getting to your point, would I like to have been, uh, you know, time constraints are the biggest thing come the end of the school year. Um, one of the funnier parts of that, the Saturday we were supposed to play with the rain, the Friday night before was our prom. Hmm. Our baseball players got up at 11 o'clock and all left the prom oh, and, and went yeah. home. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Every single one of them got up to a standing ovation, walked out the door, and they nice. all went home. And they nice. decided to do that. And you know what? You get to the end of the year, there's so many commitments. We talk about parochials. Usually they, they're done in the beginning oh, of gosh, June. Yeah. Right? yeah. Right? So there are things. Would that be great? Yeah. I mean, I think in a, in a perfect world. So instead of this, Jen, we talked about the tournament of champions, which I, I'm not a big fan mm -hmm. of because – as we talked about, um, when in 2003, I was lucky enough to coach with Donnie Cooper in North Arlington. We won the Group 1 state championship um, in girls' volleyball. And we only had eight girls on the team. One got hurt, and we had eight girls on varsity. Wow. They tell us we're in the tournament of champions. I'm like, they're dying. We're like, we were beat up. Yeah. We were physically beat up, and we were done. And they tell us on the draw, great, on Tuesday, you guys have to play Livingston in the first round. And we're like, we're a group one school playing a group four school. Yeah. We went up there. The girls weren't ready to play. We weren't. We got pasted in two straight games. You know what? And we always talk about wanted to walk off. Whoops, right? Just a champion. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. then you got to come back and play that one more game. Yeah. You know what? I think the tournament of champions is real overblown in some sports. I would rather do what Kurt said, you know, get to that end. And if it's a situation like baseball, play two out of three. Is, it, pos is it possible in your opinion now, right now? It would be it would be real hard scheduling wise, you know what? Because I mean, well, given in a non-COVID situation, because you you know um, how how tight it is, and and you know 
certain constraints, like certain things, you know, softball pitcher can pitch every day. Yeah. Field hockey, right? Hoops, you can go mm-hmm. out and, you know, run, run your gig. You know, baseball is a specialty sport where once you pitch and reach a certain level of pitch count, you can't come back. Yep. So there are different things that, you know, are that have to be juggled with that. Be a great idea, though, Kurt. That's why you're the smartest guy in the room. I don't know. No, so, my, so my not three. So my three, honestly, real quick, again, would be somehow baseball. I love the idea. I wish all conferences in football did what the NJIC doesn't have a mm-hmm. legit conference championship at the end of their season. Right. And the other one would be somehow to incorporate. And, and I mean, this is hard because you would have to lose games, but maybe how you, we get to the college basketball, like the Big East tournament, maybe you somehow do it like there where you're, you know, instead of just saying, well, you know, I won, I beat Garfield, beat Lodi eight weeks ago. So we're the, the you know, the, we're the league champ. You play maybe a little conference tournament before you go to the playoffs. That would be a lot, but you could do something maybe in a yeah. three-day spurt. What right. about you? Well, like Jim said, a lot of the things are, you know, time constraints. But the one I came up with while during the show, it just kind of popped into my head was, right. um, I actually don't even know if they do this anymore in college basketball, but they used to do like the night, that college basketball started, you had Midnight Madness, right? So at midnight, oh, yeah. at midnight yeah. you would, you know, they'd get open up the gyms, k- kids would come and watch the first practice. There'd be like dunks going but on, I, right? So it, 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 oh, I let you saying, speak. I know, I like, see, see this, Jim? <laughs> see this? Yeah, see Kurt, what? See. Kurt, you're jumping it right now, Kurt. Classic <laughs> Kurt Valente. Let her go. So the, uh, what's funny is when I coached basketball in Montville, um, my first year there, we actually did a Midnight Madness, believe it or not. Yeah, it was That's funny. awesome. We just got caught on a Facebook thread, all of us who were talking about it, and we were like, what were we thinking? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Youthful enthusiasm, yeah. Hoops. That's what it was. You know what? And it's a great idea, and I bet you the kids who were involved in that will never forget that. Yeah, exactly. You know what? And they did. They loved. They were so excited for it, and it did. It was It was a, a fun way to start the season and kick it off in a really positive way, so it was yeah. It was fun. Anything yeah. else, Jim? Hey, anything else, Jim, that you could think of that? Well, in- here's one that I, I wanted to throw to you. Since this is all in on high school sports, and I'm not fighting with Petro and Kenny and Beelan, <laughs> this is refreshing, being able to talk. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think, with, with the number of uh, two things, uh, you know, if we have time, I know if not, we could do it next week um, with the building up of club sports taken away from high school sports is one. And two, with the, the numbers, are we going to get rid of freshmen and JV and just call them sub varsity soon? Because uh, I think in a lot of schools, numbers, you know, were really, really dropping where yeah. they were trying to scramble. Even big group four schools, they were tr- scrambling. Does it make sense? to just make a sub-varsity team of freshmen and sophomores, all right, and just make one level and carry a couple extra kids. Are we hurting the sport? You know what? Should that go school by school? I know that's a great topic. No, that is a good topic. Great topic. You know, you know what's uh, interesting, Jim, is I actually just I can't remember if it was Amy I was speaking to actually who was on earlier. Um, we had this conversation recently, not even just about club sports killing high school sports, but club and travel teams killing rec programs. Where yeah, yeah you know, like where they you if you're a kid who just wants to play, you know, like there's become this like dichotomy of like. You know, uh, I can't play rec because it's not competitive enough. And now we're, you know, there's just, there's so, yep. and I was, I was a club coach for 15 years for, you know, going to college recruiting tournaments for lacrosse. And I, right. I went on board because I felt like my kids 
were not getting a fair shake on club teams. It was like, we'll make an A, B, C, D team and just steal your money. I didn't feel like they were getting coached. And, you know, I, I wanted them well, to get better at their club team. And I wanted to, it not to cost them an arm and a leg, you know, and a, to be right, fair right. and actually get coached. And uh, But it also came to a point, if I wanted to compete at the high school level, my kids needed to be playing at that level at the same time. So there was, you know, it's really a, it's a really tricky question. Yeah. I'm going to jump my point on that. And when I, when I was finished coaching at St. Mary's, which was 2012, and I remember when uh, Coach Sheridan sent me and one of the freshman coaches, and he said, can you go to the meeting and set up a schedule for the freshmen? Uh, right. I'm, Jim, it was a nightmare because it was just like you were saying. Because I'm going to be honest, that's what teams were doing. Like St. Mary's, we had a freshman team, but I don't know, in our league, say there was – in, I mean, I'm sorry, in the whole division and those two, say there was 14 teams, two of them right. might've had a freshman team. They all kept saying, oh, I got a sub-varsity team. I got a sub-varsity team. So it was like, then, you know, your freshman team is coming to run. They're playing juniors in the sub-varsity game and a JV right. game. And it was like, it was a little, right. it was a little crazy, but. You know, I Kurt, that. you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, you know, to that point also, I know things were created when I, when I was coaching in volleyball. I saw the first co-ops. I saw Woodbridge and Beckton or Woodbridge and Hasbrook Heights making a girls volleyball team because they didn't have enough. And I saw this small group school start co-oping sports mm -hmm. um, to, to be able to do that. Um, yeah. If you're going to be sub varsity, I mean, is that going to be the way things are going right now? Because like you look at, look at numbers going down. Um, is that the move to make now? Like if your district calls for that, that's right. like another topic. We saw the club sport thing happening. We saw it started in soccer. It went to volleyball. Then within the last eight to 10 years, baseball and softball, boom, boom, boom. And like you said, hoops, there's people who do it for the right reasons. Then there's people who, you know what? I mean, it, 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 I've seen it myself. I'm doing pitching lessons and a guy will come up and backhand me a card here. If you see anybody good, put him, give me a, you know, I run the New Jersey Vipers baseball or whatever. You know, here's a card, you know, give me, I'm like, what are we doing here? Right. Boy, it's not like a meat market, but yeah, there's yeah. people out there that, that would do that. And I think it hurts sports. And exactly what Jen says, what about the kid who just wants to play? That kid that's not going to play travel. He's right. not going to play club. Right. Mm -hmm. The kid who just wants to play rec. And let's not even get into the lunatic parents that want their kids to play up four age groups because right. they're going to get that Division One scholarship that's not going to yep. be out there. Right. Now, you know Re I mean? Rebecca's saying some rec teams now require the kids to play rec level if they want to play travel. Okay. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, know? you and I, you and I, that's great. Hey, Hoops, you remember back in the day, travel was something special. Mm -hmm. Now people get in a town. Oh, right, right, right. Town, it's another town and people call it travel. Yeah. You and I know what travel was back in right. the day. You right. had to try out to be an elite part of a team. But you know what? It's terrible. And you see with the kids too. Sorry, I'm getting on my soapbox here. But you see it happen with kids now where the parents, you know, are, are sitting there and they're putting the kid in front of it. You're not playing your rec game this week because there's a travel game. Right. And we're going to put right. travel ahead of rec. But if your club team has a game, but up, up, up. And then you start jumping, you know, and in the end, the kids who just want to play or try to get better, it, it, it's a bad situation. 
The, yeah. other, you know, the other thing with the club teams is now, and again, I can speak specifically to lacrosse. I mean, obviously there's field hockey club teams as well. And again, like I said, right. as a coach, I wanted my kids playing because they are going to play at a higher level. And it is mm -hmm. going, especially when you have multiple kids on your team, if they're playing together in the off season and they're, you know, get playing at that higher level. I mean, what, what coach wouldn't want that? But, you know, I want them sure. having a good experience. I want them getting coached. I don't want somebody stealing their money and I don't want, the, you know, developing bad, getting bad coaching, but whatever. Um, but I feel like there's also that oversaturation now on the club level there's just club teams <laughs> popping up everywhere you know and it's just it, it's it's crazy it's just crazy um what is your Kurt? yes what do you, what do you, what's your certification to be a club sport coach huh is there one <laughs> i know <laughs> you know what i guess you have to be good on the computer you know what yeah i get you know i'm gonna say like really what is your certification you're right you're right 100 yeah. right uh, Brett, Coach Breslin, a couple of comments saying, I agree, it will continue to impact high school sports and having players choose make it difficult. He's also saying, Jim, that is because they've recruited. Parents want scholarships. Mm -hmm. I agree, Jim. Here's my, here's my thing, and this is going to be a great topic ready for next week, and I'll just start it real quick for a minute, and I know we got to go, but one minute. is okay, Jim, Jim. No, no, Jim just mentioned the thing about the sub-varsity and all that stuff, and I'm going to say that, and I know me and Jen had a – I mean – we started it as a conversation, but we probably got into an argument over it. But I'm going to be honest. I'm really big. I'm really big on a freshman team. I, I, I truly am. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to say it through football. You know, like I've coached football on a freshman level. I've coached football on offensive corner and the varsity level where I, I've seen our freshman program. But I'm going to be honest. When we got to the JV part, it was a nightmare. I mean, and I, Coach Breslin, listen, that's a different animal because we're talking about, you know, when I was at Group 3 Ramapo, we used to run our offensive set. Okay, ones go, twos go, and they're running the play. At a small school like St. Mary's, honestly, we couldn't do that. Yeah. So I'm going to be honest. We would have a scrimmage, and God can strike me dead. We're in Blair Academy, all right? Blair Academy. Now we're St. Mary's. Pretty good football program, right? We're in Blair Academy, all right? Twos come in. Now, first off, Blair Academy, they got five guys that probably be playing on the Giants. Deion Lewis PGs, is playing. Right, right PGs. <laughs> but whatever. So the twos come in. All right? Twos come in. Our quarterback's looking at me. Bring our fullback in. All right, um, what are we going to run with them? Uh, let's go. Um, it was actually twos. It was more like the kids that would be JV. All right, we're going to run counter. What, why are you shaking your head? I don't know counter. Do you guys know counter? No. All right. We're good. All right. Let's go. Uh, I right blast right. We don't know that one. No. Now we have our backup quarterback in there going. Am I going to get killed? No. 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 We're okay. What? <laughs> you want to run a hitch pass? What? What? What do you guys know? Sweep. What do we know? Sweep. Right. <laughs> so you know what we did, Jim. We had ten and ten. Ten plays. We ran sweep ten times. And I'm going to be honest. We got into a Monday. Like I mean, I didn't coach the JV, but we were watching. We, you know. We talked to the other guys, and they're like, I, I can't run anything but sweep. They don't – because when do we find time to them and say, you run this? They're not. They're the scout kids that we're getting ready for varsity. The freshman In a kids small school, are on yeah. their own. The freshman kids are running their practice, running their plays, doing their indie period. They're a lot more advanced to do it. That's why I'm, I like that. The JV part in the football, I'm going to be honest. It was just like, hope nobody gets hurt. Let's get out of there because the, 
you know, and it's not fair to the kids. They're not practicing that. When they don't see, like, now you got a defense in a 50 front running blitzes. I mean, it's, it, it's a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, it, it truly is the haves and the have-nots, you know, when it comes to high school sports now. I mean, we, we don't we even get into, like, the parochials and the publics, which is yep. perfect for another oh, sport. You know, um, and the, the, the other thing, which is another topic, uh, somehow I'm working my way into this show. I, I, I like it. My blood pressure is not getting up. You know, keeping kids age group appropriate. For years, I argued. Why? You know what? Because... Once again, hoops, being a high school phys ed, te- being a, an elementary school phys ed teacher, I watch Little League and I watch nine-year-olds compete against 12-year-olds. There's nothing in my school. You wouldn't have a nine-year-old compete against a 12-year-old in a spelling bee. You wouldn't have them do anything else, but let's put them on a the field right. with a 12-year-old on the mound facing a nine-year-old. Right. And for years, I would go and, tr- and fight and argue and plead, listen, let's do nines and tens, 11s and 12s, do it age group of you know what and it would just fall on death and you know what though jim and i swear to god this would be the last thing and then we're done i promise but coaching little league all-stars because when when we did that it it was like just like you're saying listen i'm in an i I can't pitch i mean like we're saying i had the kid coach romeo he was a great kid for a great player for a nine-year-old but i couldn't pitch him against the 12s but now, so during the regular season, that kid's not pitching. Now you go, and we would go to the All-Stars. Lindhurst had a 9- and 10-year-old lead. Heights did. Rutherford. Those kids, are you're getting a kid, you're teaching them how to pitch in four yep. practices in All-Stars because they never pitched during the year. These kids are pitching all year in a 9-, 10-year-old league, and it showed. You know? We could do a whole segment on Little League Baseball. Right. We could. Hey, Hoops, who's that shirt? It's the Cardinals. Is that oh, pumped? I can't my, read it on my glasses. No, it's, it's my elementary school, Stevenson School, Cardinals. Nice. It's the only <laughs> Carney spells Cardinals with a K. Okay, We're still trying it. to. Uh, still last trying comments to for the night. Coach Breslin saying that is also a planning thing with the JV teams, saying it's much harder to do at the group one level. Rebecca saying age appropriate. Ooh. Yes. And Joe Breslin with the last comment said, Jim, that makes so much sense. My question would be, do you have enough players to do that? Mm-hmm. So, but on that note, listen, after we sign off, I have a quick computer question for both of you. So, you know what, <laughs> after we sign off, please stay on. Well, you know so, where you're going, hey, you're at the right spot. You know, Valente and Valente. Listen, thanks for having me on. This was awesome. No, I appreciate thanks for joining us. Coach. No, are you kidding me? This is, no, it's not. It's just, I, we love talking about this stuff. You know what? So we're just doing it with a camera on It's It's great. <laughs> it's great that we have this out there. And your guests are awesome, and they do a great job. Absolutely. You do a great job. Hoops, got you know, bless you, bless you, putting up with that. But hoops, it's, it's refreshing not to hear Dak Prescott and see anybody flip yeah, out. Yeah, so it's, it's a different side it. of me, right? It's a different side. You know. <laughs> Thanks but, again, guys. Um, no, thank you, Jim. Yes. Want to thank Coach Romeo. Yes, Coach Adavinia. Adavinia. Yep. Um, great show tonight. Yep. And we will be back next week. Hope everyone has a nice Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas. And we will be back um, one more show for 2020. Yep, sounds good. All right, guys. Tracy Ann is saying great show tonight. Merry Christmas to all. You too, Tracy. See you in the morning, Tracy. (laughs) All right, guys. Have a good night. Good night, everybody.